And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the Skype line with us today is Gordon J. Keddy, and he's uh, an author. recently wrote a book titled Prayers of the Bible, 366 Devotionals to Encourage Your Prayer Life. And Gordon, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Well, thank you. It's really my, my honor and my privilege to be on at all. Your book comes from a long life of experiences. I was I was looking at some of your experiences, and way back in the 60s even, you were a teacher of biology in Edinburgh, Scotland. You then went on to the gospel ministry. You were a pastor in a number of churches. Most recently, you were a senior pastor at Southside RPC, Indianapolis, Indiana. You retired in June 30. 2014. And um, tell us just a little bit about yourself before we get into this wonderful book. Well, um, you you gave a very brief but uh, accurate outline of my my life there. I, I did start, uh, I graduated in zoology from the University of Aberdeen way back in 67. I was several years a school teacher in my native town of Edinburgh. And um, while I was there, I did my first writing. The first writing I ever did was 250 words for the Edinburgh Evening News on a rugby match on a Saturday morning <laughs> uh, on frozen ground. And it was famous uh, in that uh, two people broke bones on that frozen ground and didn't get to see the international later in the day between mm. Scotland and France. And uh, so I reported on how an ambulance came on the pitch and, and, and took uh, the one player away with a broken thigh. One fellow broke a leg with nobody near him, just swerving. And that's where my writing began. And um, because my father was a, a freelance sports reporter and, and I got involved in the business as a phone boy, first of all, for him mm. in the days when we had fixed phones only. And uh, and then uh, uh, was this sort of cub reporter that never came to anything. But anyway, point is that that was sort of where I got going. I started then as a, as a Christian at the age of 17, which was two years before that rugby match or a year before it. I uh, got interested in the Christian apologetics, but wrote articles here and there on the science and the Bible, and uh, then went to seminary, sensing something of a call of God, although I was tentative about it at the time, and uh, came to America in 1970 to Philadelphia, to Westminster Seminary, studied for the ministry, got involved in the Reformed Presbyterian denomination, married a daughter of the manse, to whom I'm still married after 43 years, and uh, and uh, everything else is history. I just got involved in writing a lot of articles first, and then in the 80s, I was in a bookshop. I was back in Scotland for five years in the 1980s, uh, serving a church in the west of Scotland, and one day I was in a Christian bookshop, the Christian bookshop as it was then in Edinburgh, and I was looking in the commentary section and layman's commentaries, and I found this this um, two or three books in what was called the Wellen series of the Evangelical Press. And uh, lo and behold, I, I had a manuscript on Judges and Ruth, um, which had been rejected in America, although it had been given a good read, I believe. Um, what just wasn't right for the niche for the publisher I was seeking at the, at the time. And I said to myself, oh, excited, boy, this is where my manuscript belongs. So I dusted it off. I rewrote it, the, the, the parts where the spelling had to be changed back to British spelling. And I sent it off to the press, and uh, evangelical press. And, and then months later, I, 
I got this uh, envelope in the mail, a uh, plain brown envelope, and I thought, oh, well, that's another rejection, I guess. And I carried it off upstairs to the study I had in the manse there in Wishaw in the west of Scotland. And I opened it, and lo and behold, it was an acceptance. And I went <laughs> running down the stair, shouting at the top of my voice, they're, they're going to do it, they're going to do it. <laughs> and my boys, my three boys, who are, who are now in the, you know, one's turning 40 this week, um, <laughs> they, they remember me bounding down the stairs. And while they were playing at the bottom of the stair or something or other, and uh, uh, how excited I was over this. Anyway, that, and then after that, uh, I got involved in, in basically helping the creation of that series, the Welland series, and did eight commentaries for them, and, and I've done many other things since. And that's really brought me up to the prayers of the Bible. And um, so anyway, I was called back to America in 1986 to State College, Pennsylvania, where our denomination, the RP Church, had started a church a couple of years before. And uh, so it was a church plant, really. And uh, while I was there, one of the things I resolved to do was to start a prayer meeting. And that took many years before I actually got round to that. I was there 17 years, all, all told. But um, I started a prayer meeting there. And the idea was that the prayer meeting has really died in the American church. And in, actually, in Scotland, the church itself has died. Uh, that's another story, but it's a spiritually dead country, although the, the Lord has his people in every mm -hmm. place, actually. And the cloud's no bigger than a man's hand at this point in, in, in any hoped-for revival. But anyway, I started it, and um, I decided that, you know, for who would come, I would have a meeting on a Wednesday for whoever would come and, and actually pray for the church, for the work of the gospel in its various aspects. I thought, well, I'll do meditations on prayers of the Bible. And, and see where I go with that. Well, the years went by and they, they mounted up. I did about 40 a year, maybe. And uh, I reckoned, oh, eventually I worked out, you know, that if I wanted to have um, a year's worth of devotions, I was going to have to do at least 10 years worth of, um, of prayer meetings because I was preaching twice. I was doing other Bible studies. Um, it was all I could do to do a short meditation on a Wednesday. Sure. And... Um, but they mounted up, and then I was called to Indianapolis in 2004, and I did the same here. I started up a prayer meeting, and I got stuck into that uh, project, and by that time, I was beginning to think, you know, a book might come out of this. And nobody has done a book on the prayers of the Bible, as far as I knew, since Herbert Lockyer, way back in the 50s, hmm. and, and uh, all the prayers of the Bible published by Zondervan, uh, a book which... Uh, has its deficiencies, let's say. And uh, I thought, well, there's scope here, you know. The, the people need to be exposed to the the breadth of the prayers of the Bible. And uh, in back of that was was the was the motivation that, or the the sense that prayer had been reduced to, um, usually about. Uh, half an hour of prayer requests which were grocery lists for God, I want this, I want that, I want the next right. thing, and ten minutes of prayer. Uh, repeating back what has already been basically talked about, and some would say gossiped about, you know, people would come up with the most curious uh, requests sometimes. But anyway, there's a place for that, for requests, I mean. But I thought, what about the prayers of the saints in the Bible? What about the prayers of Jesus? What about the prayers... And the, of, of the Lord's people 
down through all the centuries in which God's revealing himself to his people. And of course, lo and behold, you have all sorts of stuff. You have, for example, Psalm 73, which is a psalm about the depression of Asaph. You know, he, he sees the, the prosperity of the wicked and, and uh, he's having a rough time. And, and he, he's beginning to think, you know, being a believer in the Lord is, is sort of not worth it. Uh, they die. They have a great old life. They die in their beds. You know, they're happy as Larry. Um, and here I am. All I get is ridicule and misery and sadness in the believer's life. And, of course, you know that in the midst of that, um, of Psalm 73, he, he says, he comes to himself, the reality. He went to the house of God, and then he saw the real reason of life. And, of course, in the house of God, sacrifices were offered. Why were sacrifices offered? Because man is a sinner. You have set them on a slippery slope, you know, he says to the Lord. And at the end of the day, he knows why he is a believer and he knows why he needs to pray. And he's praying out of the, the real experience of difficulty in, in his life as a believer in a, in a fallen world. And the apparent prosperity of the wicked, which is an illusion, of course, which ends in a lost eternity if there's no repentance. So the Bible has this vast array of subjects of, of communications with, with the Lord, of the investigations of one's own soul uh, before the Lord, and the, and the rehearsal of the character of God, and the goodness of God, and the severity of God, and all the aspects and attributes of God. So it's, it's a, this, is, this is a different dimension from, you know, asking, oh, I, I, I missed a seminary, seminary prayer group, um, and I said, what, I, I had flu at the time or something, and I said to one of the guys who was there, I said, what, what happened at the meeting today? And he said, oh, we prayed for Larry's teeth. In other words, <laughs> one of the members needed to go to the dentist, and he was nervous about going to the dentist, and so he prayed for his teeth. Well, you can pray for teeth if you like, but, uh, you know, when you go to Psalm 130, you know, Lord, from the depths to thee I cried. It wasn't the depths of going to the dentist. It was the depths of a soul in which he felt himself cut off from his God and from life and right. from the beauty of, of a living faith. And then in the middle, he comes to the, the tremendous little word, but, but with you, there is forgiveness that you may be reverenced, that you may be feared. So there's depth there. So that was the motivation. Get something out there that's soundly expounding these Psalms in a few words, but which is bringing out the breadth and width of the, of the content of the Psalter. And so it, 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 it just growed. And uh, like Topsy and Uncle Tom's Cabin just growed, and it became what it is today, which is 366 meditations on different psalms, and very little overlap, actually. That's the amazing well, that's, thing. That's beautiful. It's, uh, it's helpful to, to understand some of the background here. Uh, so we're talking today with um, Gordon J. Keddy. He's written a new book, Prayers of the Bible, 366 devotionals to encourage your prayer life. I also noted that that this book is uh, endorsed by a couple of familiar names to us. Uh, Dr. Joel R. Beakey, President, Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary, and Dr. Carl R. Truman, Professor of Church History, Westminster Theological Seminary. And uh, this this reminds me, the other day uh, a friend of mine was, was talking 
uh, Bill Shishko, Pastor Bill Shishko, was talking about how important it is when we pray to give thanks to God and not always be asking him for something. And he suggested make a list of what you're thankful for. And I started making a list because I'm guilty of this myself, of always asking and not thanking. And the list gets kind of long. And then by the time you start praying, you don't really have much time to to ask anymore, I found out. You know, I'm thankful for my wife, our children, our grandchildren, general good health, food, clothing, the broadcast ministry, uh, a new project, nice weather, a good church. And the list goes on and on. And uh, we do indeed have a lot to be thankful for. Um, so this book, is it, uh, it's a new book. Is it, is it available yet through Crown and Covenant? Uh, by the way, I should mention that the publisher is Crown and Covenant Publications. Yes, um, it's, uh, it's to come off the press on the 28th of November yeah. in time for the gift-giving season. And uh, so it's at it's been at the press now for a couple of weeks and uh, and is move, moving right along. And Crown and Covenant is uh, um, is the publishing arm of the Reformed Presbyterian Church. And I particularly wanted I've I've tended to publish books with other publishers. Uh, I wanted this from the beginning to be done by our own denomination. Mm-hmm. Um, because I that, now that I'm out of the pastoral ministry week by week in the one place, I I feel like this is a a, a wider ministry to to that particular fellowship and other sister churches and other believers who are interested in the prayers of the Bible. So that yeah. that's reason it's keyed to the Psalm book that we produce the uh, the, the book of Psalm uh, uh, Psalms for worship um, and um, has a space for writing in particular causes of thankfulness or reasons for prayer, uh, you know, also on, on, uh, on every day's, day's entry. Mm. I, um, I have a certain love and soft spot in my heart for um, the, the denomination that you're a part of. I'm not a part of it, but I have a certain soft spot in my heart. Um, I respect and love um, those who love God's Word and sings God's word back to them to him in the form of the psalms so so these prayers of the bible um you answered my question i was going to ask you are they based on the psalms and apparently they are well there are examples from the psalms the the outline of the book it it originally was was set out in three sections it just will seem january 1st to december 31st now but at the beginning i had certain introductory uh Portions of the scripture, the shortest psalm, the first psalm, the first prayer meeting, the, the I mean uh, prayer, the, the the shortest prayer, the longest the longest prayer is Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple, and it's in four parts. And then I had the Old Testament from Genesis uh, through to Malachi, and then the New Testament. So the first part of the year, it's all the Old Testament, okay. and, and it's the main prayers of the Bible or portions of the Bible that speak on prayer uh, explicitly enough to, to be included, uh, that follows through the Bible chronologically. And the remarkable thing is that um, in December 31st, the, the final prayer is, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Mm. How's that for December 31st? <laughs> who, planned, who planned that? <laughs> That's right. Oh. I um, th- th- This is rich. Um, I... I got to ask you this question. Um, I'm thinking about 
those that are out there possibly listening today, uh, a young homeschooling mom who is up to her eyeballs in in duties around the home, uh, a dad working very long hours, overtime, getting home totally exhausted, or a pastor overcommitted with many, many uh, pastoral calls, preparing sermons, um, that first responder out there where at any given moment, his whole night or her whole night can be interrupted four, five, six hours at a clip. Um, that school administrator where they have constant demands on their life, uh, that carpenter where he's got to take on extra jobs in order to make ends meet, or that HVAC tech that, um, again, it's it's got the taste of a first responder all of these people and and many others, their platter is so full, they sometimes feel, and I've heard this myself, even from my own wife, who has to work outside the home so we can make ends meet, sometimes they don't have time to even eat lunch. They're so busy. Uh, Help us um, weigh all that with the importance of carving out time for prayer. Well, um, I, I have to say, first of all, that, you know, one of one of my reasons for paying attention to prayer and ending up with the book was because I need ministry in this area all the time. <laughs> it is so easy to spend all your time on all the things that come into your life, and, and you bring that out very well, uh, that basically this is, uh, uh, this is a, a means, but I mean, when I get the book, I'm going to use the book day by day. Mm-hmm. Some of these, some of, you know, it's the project goes back 15 years. Uh, a lot of my life has happened in, during the time of this book. And a lot of it is also being forgotten or has been forgotten. And, and I'm coming to many of these things brand new. Um, and it, even though I've, I've read the proofs, by the way, <laughs> but I, I'll need to come again and, and then instead of reading the proofs and just looking for errors, reading the, the material and, and looking for the prayer as a means of grace is really what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we have to take time for prayer. Um, and I think that family worship is a, is a suitable time uh, after a meal. You know, everybody comes home from their work and has a meal, usually. Uh, here's an opportunity. Take out the Bible um, why don't we, you know, this year, why don't we go through through the, the, the prayers of the Bible? And that will give us a concentrated exposure to examples of prayer in which we will inevitably find ourselves sharing. Because here's, here's the prayer of somebody who's tired, for example. Here's the prayer of somebody who's full of joy. Here's the somebody, prayer of somebody who's uh, having a baby. Yeah, you know, uh, and um, what do you what do you do in every area of life? Um, then seek the Lord. You know, the, I think one of the Westminster Assembly documents, I think it's the Director of Worship, makes the point, uh, or it was when they dealt with 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 marriage, for example. Everything should be sanctified with the word and prayer. Yeah. So if you had nothing else in a wedding ceremony, you would have the word and you would have prayer. You might not even have singing, you know. You 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 might not have uh, cake to stuff in everybody's mouth or in each other's mouths, but you you are to sanctify it with the word and prayer. So that's something that can be done, and and uh, 
The, these meditations are two pages long. They, they're worth, I think, reading aloud to oneself. Um, and yet, we're not going to take that long. But in the process, you're reading a portion, a small, a smallish portion of the Bible that's dealing with a prayer uh, or with prayer itself. And uh, that then becomes your, your practice because you're going to pray before you're done. Yeah. And before you shut the book and get about your business or I'm just or just flake out with tiredness. You know? <laughs> right. I'm thinking too uh you know this is now towards the end of the year and this is a good time to kind of position our minds and and brace ourselves and say you know what I'm going to I'm going to start having a little time each night with my family of uh devotional time and maybe we can use this book Prayers of the Bible. Uh, you said it comes off the press uh, November the 28th. Later 20th, th- I think it was. I, I made a mistake there. I believe it's the 20th it's coming off. 20th, okay. Yes. And uh, um, it's from Crown and Covenant Publications. They're an excellent publisher, and uh, we've received things from them ourselves. Uh, we have maybe two minutes left in this interview. Uh, we're talking with Gordon J. Ketty. And he's uh, now a retired pastor from the RPC Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. And he's pastored other churches prior to that. Uh, he was originally trained in Edinburgh uh, in the area of zoology. He was a teacher of biology. God called him to the Christian ministry. And he went to a number of uh, schools after that and then went into the pastorate. So, uh, you have a rich um, background of experiences that the Lord has used. And um, in the last minute remaining, how have these experiences played into the writing of this particular book, Gordon? Well, um, it's really been, uh, been part of a, of a process in which I suppose that I have seen, particularly in relation to the place of prayer, something of the importance of prayer, which I had neglected hitherto in early life. Um, I wasn't a good prayer meeting attender, nor was I, um, was I particularly a person of prayer uh, early in my Christian life. And I've always had trouble with, you mentioned it yourself, trouble with finding a time and the discipline uh, of, of ordering your time in that way. So uh, there is a sense in which um, my own bad experience, my fault uh, with prayer in early life, um, has in a, uh, a, a, this amazing providential way has fed very much into wanting to see prayer back in the, in the life of the church. When I first went to my church in um, State College, Pennsylvania, thirty years ago, over thirty years ago, there were two or three men who were meeting together before the service in the furnished room in the building uh, <laughs> for prayer for the service that would follow. And they called their meeting the furnished room. Now, mm. they couldn't get many more than three men into that tiny little furnished room. And uh, uh, it struck me that here is, a, here is the place of blessing in the church in a powerful way, that we did see tremendous blessing in that church. Um, and and I attribute it to the instrumentality, the agency of the the faithfulness of these brethren who met in the furnace room 
first thing on a Sunday morning before the service. And that stuck with me, and that fed into getting them to have a congregational meeting, just not another rule, not another place to go to, but just the opportunity to meet in the name of the Lord as the people of God in that place and actually pray and see the blessing of God flowing from it. And uh, I believe that that has been our experience and my own personal experience is to rekindle um, a tremendous interest in in, uh, prayer that I did not have in the early days, I have to confess. Mm. Shame. Well, it's a beautiful summary. Gordon J. Ketty has been our guest today from Greenwood, Indiana. He's written a new book, Prayers of the Bible, 366 Devotionals to Encourage Your Prayer Life. And this book comes from a seasoned man of God uh, who's pastored a number of churches. It will be available, God willing, uh, later this month from Crown and Covenant Publications. You can find them online crownandcovenant.com that's crownandcovenant.com and this looks like a wonderful book and a wonderful opportunity to uh, perhaps start your own small prayer meeting invite your friends and work through this devotional with them but certainly consider working through it uh, with your family Gordon Keddy, thank you for joining us today thank you for having me and dear listener please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer He will save the needy when they call, save the poor and those who have no help. He has pity on the poor and weak, and he saves the lives of those in need. From oppression, oh, he redeems their life and buys them back. And oppression, is precious in his sight. May he live and go from Sheba's realm, then be given as a gift to him. May the people always pray for him. May they bless his name throughout the day. In our region, may there be abundant crops of grain. Being fruitful, may the city thrive like grassy fields. May his name endure forevermore. May it grow as under shining sun. And may people then be blessed in him. And may all the nations call him blessed. May the Lord God. Be his name, oh, may his glory fill the earth, amen.